What is up, everybody? Super excited. I'm going to share this with you. This uh, is an interview that I had with EJ Olin, the CMO of Aperio, where she talks about creating a customer experience remotely. And in light that it looks like there's still going to be some time before people are going to be face-to-face, especially in the colder states right now or colder parts of the country or the world. Uh, so this is really, really meaningful and a great opportunity for you to stand out versus 99.9% of everybody else that's trying to sell to your customers and prospects. Happy New Year. If you're listening to this before the New Year, Happy New Year if you just celebrated the New Year. Look forward to a great 2021 with you. What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley, and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics the top sales and marketing leaders are using to create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is, how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question, and this show is the answer. Very special guest today, EJ Olin, who is the global head of marketing from Aperio. Super excited to have you on today. Welcome, EJ. Thanks, Ryan. Very excited to be here. Yes. And, we, and just to tip everybody off, we had a little bit of a technical issue before, so we saved all the good stuff for now. So we're going we're gonna to dive right into it. So just to give you a little background on EJ, EJ grew up through the ranks in event planning, combo marketing with sales and really was a master at white glove events especially during this pre-covid period so i thought she'd be amazing to have on to give a unique perspective on how to execute on these right now and still have that white glove experience for your your customers so ej kind of as using that as a jumping off point how would you recommend kind of approaching that in 2020 and beyond Oh, I mean, everything has changed, right? So I think the one thing for all of us to think about is, you know, pre-COVID, it was how many people can you get into one space and what type of experience can they have? Well, how do we now take experiences that were live and make them virtual is not always a one plus one equals two, right? So we now have to reconfigure what experience is like. And so a lot of that has to do with the technology that you choose to use it for. And a lot of it is around the content and the narrative around what you want to present to people with all the fatigue that's out there. The biggest question I think across the board also is what is that experience that people are going to walk away with that's different than they have just sitting in front of their computer every day. So a lot to dig in there. So the two big things I heard in your great answer was tech and experience. So let's talk about that a little bit. So, and I might even use this for this, who knows, this this whole tech platform that I'm using right now could change by the time you see this because of this conversation. So let's talk about tech first. So let's get into that. Like what, what do you mean by that? What kind of stack are you talking about? How do you leverage that? Go. It means so many things. So for any kind of company out there, it doesn't matter if you are an SMB or enterprise, it's all about the memories that you're going to create for your customer, right? So whether you're doing a Zoom call, pre-record everything. Nobody wants to hear ums, hiccups, weird bandwidth moments, kind of like Ryan and I had earlier today, but nobody really wants all that. So think about the technology that you're recording your actual webinar on. And then depending on the technology you guys use in your tech stack, that goes a long way. So for example, where we work, um, we use Salesforce as a platform. So forget about the 
platform that you're using to put on your actual webinar, think about the platform that you're using for your entire marketing experience. So that's where your content's coming out of. Where is all your data being put into? Where's your metric that's happening as well? All of that for us sits within Salesforce. So if it's not in Salesforce, it didn't happen per se. So just think about how all the tools that you use align and have a cohesive um, tech experience for your team to have. Okay. So I, I like that. So with the, the tech piece, so I know you leverage Salesforce a lot, like for the experience in, in kind of integrating that, what do you, I mean, get a little bit deeper besides Salesforce. What, sure, what sure. What does that consist of? Absolutely. So, you know, there's so many different tech uh, platforms out there right now, right? So for example, we're recording on Zoom. Some people are recording on On24. I mean, there's lists upon lists about 100 different platforms that you can use um, that are out there to do webinars. But I think when you really boils down to when you're thinking about the experience, again, to the experience worth that you're giving to your customer is, are you just talking to them? Are you having a two-way conversation with them? That's a specific type of technology using for that. Do you want an experience? Are they doing wine tasting, coffee brewing, you know, things like that that are more engaging? Or do you want to do a fireside chat? So there's all these different ways of companies who have reframed either what they were doing before and now being used as an event platform, or, you know, you're using technologies that have just now started to pop up that are out of the blue. So I don't think there's a one-stop answer for what you should be using from a technology perspective, I think you have to do the research and see what's most valuable to you and your team to get the results that you're looking for out there. Okay, yeah, I love some of the examples you gave with the wine tasting, the coffee brewing. Like, so what have you seen been great? And I, I know you're not sponsoring or sanctioning any technologies that you've seen have been great for interaction because that's, that's something that a lot of folks struggle at, right? And I've heard this, people don't wanna be talked at anymore they want to be engaged with. So what are some cool things or unique situations that people have leveraged them? No, absolutely. So I think right now the goal of, it used to be the more the merrier. Let's get the leads. Let's build that top of the funnel. Let's, you know, sales wants leads, 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 demand gen. But I think now as we do a targeted approach to a lot of our activations that we put out there, you know, more ABM targeting, you know, more specific account planning, I think we're able to then target and do, if you have only eight people that are watching, you could have, um, I did a really cool event where they had a, it was around Lollapalooza, where they had a, um, uh, you were invited. It was 10 execs to a room. They had a specific artist perform three songs. They did a fireside chat where we were able to then give questions to ask her in the fireside chat. She answered them and then sang a brand new song that no one had ever heard of. And it was a quick 30 minutes. So it was a really cool, engaging moment. Now, did I really listen to her music prior? Not necessarily, but I walked away trying to impress my teenager thinking that I was very cool after that experience. So um, I think it all depends on your audience as well. Do you have people who really like alcohol? Wine tasting is always really a fun thing to do. Um, do you like foodies? There's great chefs, thing, chefs activities that are out there. So there's a lot of different things depending on your audience and your budget because some of these things are much higher price than you really expect them to be. So I think if you look at kind of what your mindset and what your goal is to get out of the event, I mean, there's the, it's endless, the options that you have. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I love the creativity there and the, the Lollapalooza thing is pretty cool. Was, like, cool. was that, was that actually a performer from Lollapalooza that? Yes. Did, oh, it was. Okay. It was it. Yes. Can you tell us who it is? 
It was her, H-E-R. Okay. So it was really cool. So she sang three songs. We had this little interaction with her. She did a fireside chat about what her experience is like as an artist during COVID, which is very different than my day-to-day as a marketer. And um, we talked about it. She sang us a song and it was 30 minutes. But the one thing I do want to say, just to kind of identify what we talked about is a lot of these experiences, you don't really want to go longer than 30 minutes. I think that's another thing, just kind of put a little tip trick. We see in a lot of the webinars that, you know, we've produced internally or a lot of the research that we've done is that most people's attention span is like 27 minutes. So if you're thinking about, I want to do a 30 minute program with 10 minutes of Q&A or 60 minute program, vice versa, think about the engagement level of your audience and really try to do things either in 10 minute, 15 minute or 30 minute segments because you're not going to really get the... Um, the engagement level after that time frame. Yeah, that's a great distinction just because like, and I'm writing this down there, the 10, 15 or 30 minutes. I mean, as our attention span lasts right now, we're right with the goldfish in terms of like 8.8 seconds or eight seconds. So exactly. it's interesting, <laughs> but it totally makes sense though. Cause we're, people are in front of their computers so much longer continuous that the shorter bursts are, are better. So, um, so that was an event that you participated in that you thought was great. What about what, you know, what's something cool that you've done from a customer perspective and, and how did that work? What was the, the outcomes of that? Can you walk us through that as an example? Sure, absolutely. So we, um, so right in the beginning of COVID, we didn't know what to do. We figured we had to drive demand gen somehow. So we figured, hey, let's build out a virtual conference that we're gonna do. So we didn't take something that was live and make it virtual. We did virtual from scratch. So we did 17 sessions, um, all about working in this new environment, you know, how to go back to work. And we were able to take, we, um, Seth Godin was a keynote speaker that we had hired. He was fabulous. He came in and spoke for a little bit. We um, had, we are industry focused, our business. So we had different industry leaders that spoke. Then we had people just talk about fun information to engage people. Again, at that time, people were just looking for any way to engage um, and to talk with others about what was happening, how to work from home. Uh, One person talked about how to update your LinkedIn the right way. You know, one person talked about how do you manage your lifestyle with your children running around with you? You know, those were very hot topics that we had back then. Um, So we were able to build out a conference. It was a three-part series that we built out. We were able to generate over $8 million of influence pipeline from it. So I think if you have the right speakers with the right topics, you can then use that not only from not only from that day that you play it live, but how are you going to reuse that content in other marketing Um, campaigns moving forward and that's the sweet spot there is find something that you can use the longevity of it for the next six nine months to come i love that repurposing the content so so how did you repackage that like what kind of campaigns and and how did you integrate that into your your longer term strategy so I think part of it is, um, hey, sorry, we missed you. We think this is a great topic. Here's a, here's a way to listen to it again and repurposing it that way. Or we use it as specific calls to action. So if we were talking about um, a certain topic of, you know, how to go back in manufacturing to go back to work, we were able to reuse that content with here's some examples of how we've done it in the past. So we built out, you know, a five email campaign leading out, and then we fold it into a nurture. And then as we build upon these different activations, we can reuse it as a gated asset moving forward. Nice. That's great. And, and you mentioned 8 million in pipe. How many people were there or how many people attended? 
So we set the bar really low, right? So we went into this thinking, uh, I mean, if 500 people registered, that would be really cool. Uh, we ended up having 2,000 people who were non-employees register because I think that's also something that's really important. You could have 10,000 people register for your event, but if 999 of them are internal people, <laughs> it kind of messes your metrics up a little bit. So we really try to look at external only and our numbers. So we had about 1,900 external users, which was great. Excellent. Yeah, that's great results that you got off of that. And I love that you're, I mean, there's, there is so much content that you can re-leverage there. It's, it's got to be just awesome to have that plethora of, of <laughs> you can leverage now. Well, then you could take it and localize it in other languages. We were able to take it to our Japanese market and change the language and then other different places too. So, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I mean, that's that's the beginning part of marketing. If somebody's probably already done it once, and then how are you going to use it and do it for your own use moving forward? Well, I mean, I'll just give you an example. So, like, for a simple podcast that I do, I'll record it on Zoom. I'll get the pod. I get probably seven pieces of content out of a 35-minute interview, you know? So I could see yeah. where you have a whole event, like, how you can leverage that. So, Absolutely. so why would you say, EJ, that this is so important for now and, and beyond? I mean, do you think things are changing permanently? And, and how do you see the space evolving? It's so hard to know. It's like every day is something new. You know, um, we see different parts of the world that open up and can do live events. Um, I, I think I'm always wondering what's the next cool thing experience we could put out there you know and forget about experience what's the memories you're going to create right so yeah i don't know what the next big thing is i feel like it's hybrid you know how do you do smaller targeted i think people are going to move away from i had twenty-five thousand people attend this conference to i had seven killer leads that came in and i got great opportunities from them and that just becomes a different talk track that comes through in sales it's more focused i mean abm is super hot right now um there's so many different activations you could do around that um we're gonna have to marketing and sales you know they're always have a great partnership but now it really is going to be marketing is going to drive a specific talk track and sales is going to give you a specific list for it to go to and i think the more, um, I think we're going to move that direction at least for the next nine months moving forward. Mm -hmm. Okay. Have you read the book, The Power of Moments at all? I, I have not. Oh, uh, you should check but I feel it. like it has to be on my list now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking at my bookshelf. It's, it's right <laughs> over there. I'm trying to remember the name of the author because it's escaping me. Oh, Chip Heath and Dan Heath. And it okay. all talks, it, it like kind of breaks down like what creates memories or moments. Like what's the the emotional triggers you got to hit, what's the experience. And it's, yeah, it's, like that. Cool. it's, it's got, it's even got a case study about this hotel. It's like this little dumpy hotel in California, but it's always booked out way in advance. Cause basically you go out to the pool and there's a red phone that the kids could walk up to. And then they, they, you know, put a request in and then a butler comes out with like a popsicle for them, you know, so it's <laughs> like, Stuff like that. I mean, you don't have one of those red phones in your house? Because I feel like I have one in my kitchen all the time. <laughs> yeah. But it's got, like, experiences like that. And then, it, it, I mean, but it transcends. It talks about business and how to integrate it. So, anyways. Oh, nice. Business, but it just made me think about a lot of what you're talking about, the whole experience thing. So, um, all right. So, so I mean, that's that's great insight about that. Um, so, if you were, you were kind of looking at, 
at this, let's say you didn't have something as dialed in is, is what you're doing right now. Let's look out for the next 12 months. How would you approach this as an organization? You know, what would be your plan? What would be your strategy? Just how would you kind of map this out? And let's say you're in the enterprise space, you got high ticket customers, high ticket prospects, um, contracts that can range anywhere from average contract value from 200K to 10 million, let's say. Okay. Yeah, I mean, your metrics need to be in place. So I think a lot of what drives marketing is the metric behind it. So if you're looking for, let's say, a multiplier of, you know, 80, let's just say that. So you need to figure out how much you're going to spend to get there. And a lot of it is going to be through customer specific activations, kind of what we talked about earlier today, you know, how do you take and how do you use your event team to work with your content team and your demand gen team. So it all depends on how your marketing org is set up specifically. But you want to make sure it's it's content is what's going to drive your event function. But then it's all about the follow up. So how are you working with your sales team to follow up on those leads? Marketing can drive tons of leads for you, but unless sales follows up out of it or you have great content to follow up with, you're not going to be successful. Okay, so how how would you approach the follow-up then? Like give us, you know, kind of the marketing recommendations to sales on that in terms of like what kind of sequences have you seen work really well? Are the multi-channel, you know, what's your thoughts on that? That's a very loaded question. So I feel um, so <laughs> there's so many ways to go about it. So I think a lot of it is based on, you know, uh, we have a team, it's our go to market team that we use. And so, you know, we will line with the sellers to say, you know, which of these accounts we, if we had to categorize them in an ABCD list, you know, who are our hot accounts that we want to hit right off the bat. And then from there, you know, who can we put into more of a, uh, and it also depends also if you have SDRs or BDRs or you have an entire team like that, because they'll also work your leads in a different way as well. But I'm a true believer if your sellers really want to be ingrained into certain accounts, or they really want to connect with them, they're the ones who have to reach out and do the follow up, you know, marketing can ghost write as many emails as you need. But really to hear from the seller, like they want to hear from them and build that relationship with them. You know, nobody wants to have it from an alias. You know, you get a marketing automation email that goes out. We've all been there. Think about all the phone calls you get from someone who's trying to sell you something. But unless it's someone who's actually in the selling seat, they're the ones that are going to be the relationship builders. And that's the best way to work those leads. Okay. And, and um, I, yeah, I agree with you. You got to have that personalization. So are you, in terms of like conversions, because it sounds like you would track that, right? I'm just reading between yes. a lot here based on how you do things. Yeah. Uh, is there any kind of mechanics that you see people are leveraging in terms of customization points in a sequence or anything like that? I think it all depends on the event and the opportunity. I think events are different too. I think you, um, when you have a one-on-one conversation with someone, you're doing a certain type of follow-up versus if you're doing um, a big blast out to everyone. So I think your conversion rates will differ from there. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I feel like it, 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 I think it all depends on the experience, especially again, it goes back to if you're doing a target account, you're already the account owner. So I think your follow-up would be different as well. Okay. And what would you say? So I know you, you kind of highlighted like, okay, if you have an SDR, BDR, um, you're going to handle a certain way. What about a full cycle rep, like a full cycle enterprise rep or full cycle? Cause that, I mean, that still exists for a lot of companies that are, are smaller in size. Mm-hmm. 
is there anything unique you've done to support them in that situation or have you seen work really well? Um, just as a whole, like integrating with marketing and events and everything like that. Yeah, you know, um, so we don't really have necessarily an SDR team or even that type of marketing support where we're at. We get a little scrappy around the edges. So I'm, I'm going to give you my scrappy approach of how yeah, we've done things. But, um, yeah, so, so we've used platforms before where you can, it's, um, so Alice is a platform, an ABM platform that's out there. Um where you send them a note, they have to agree to a meeting with you. And then from there, they get a gift and whether and then you can set the gifting gifting price of what you want to give them. And it uses AI tools to figure out through social media what these people are into. So they get a package based on what they're about. So for example, when they targeted me, I went to University of Illinois, they offered me a University of Illinois backpack, you know, it was just they clearly read through my social media to figure out what I liked. But the nice part about it is that that tool actually integrates with Salesforce, which is our CRM of choice. So then I'm able to track the opportunities to get a metric out of it. Um, the idea is, is that that kind of helps us without having someone who's actually following the legion, the salespeople are actually the ones who are putting the input into the, the platform. And then that's a way for them to try to get the meetings. And then from there, spark a lot of those conversations. So that tool, or some, there's so many tools that are like that out there, that could be either used pre-event or it can be used post-event. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just the way of continuing those conversations and then having marketing back them. Yeah, I think gift giving is, is a good way to stand out now. Uh, so, so like, how accurate is it? Is it like, it's kind of, well, it's a cool technology because, well, for example, one girl, on my team got offered this hiking backpack. It must be very big on bags that week, but she got offered a hiking thing because she's traveling a lot in her pictures that were on Instagram. And so he saw, or he, Alice, the tool, who's now a gentleman in my mind, found all this information and was able to kind of track that on her. But the cool thing as the receiver is I can either accept the gift, I can donate the the monetary value to a charity of my choice or i get another catalog of options i could choose from so it all depends on how you want to set it out because sometimes i feel and this is just my two senses i don't want people to feel like i'm bribing them like hey here's a gift card for 25 bucks have a conversation with me that is a little weird to me some people are all about it i, I feel a little awkward about it but i feel like this platform gives the opportunity to donate to a charity and do other things so I don't feel as sleazy about it. But I think it, you know, I think it all depends. This is why I'm a marketing and I'm not a seller. But I think this is, you know, it's, um, so there's a lot of tools like that out there. Again, um, if you're going to send gifts, have people engage with you first before you send them to them. So if you're going to do um, a cooking class, for example, don't send everybody who signs up the ingredients and how to cook this gourmet meal with a chef. Have them watch, maybe send them a cocktail kit or give them a list of ingredients to make a beverage as they watch the chef. And then your follow-up includes the, the, the kitchenware or whatever the cooking utensils are or the menu from there. And use that as a follow-up tool to get their address and send it to them. Because otherwise, I would sign up for everything if I'm going to have free meals and cocktails sent to my house all the time, right? So use it the right, use those tools the right way. Well, EJ is too. too, right? In case you don't know, she's a foodie. So. <laughs> Enjoy uh, it. Why not? <laughs> no, it's great. I I love that idea though. Like like that's that's the stuff we're looking for. That creative. Like, hey, I'm gonna you send them a little little thing to make a cocktail while they're watching the kitchen piece, and then ask them as a follow up. Yeah, I've seen people go both ends of the spectrum on it, and I've seen. I mean, here's the thing: there was there was a campaign 
uh, that I advised someone on doing, and this was during, during COVID, and we did, it was like a COVID relief pack. And basically mm-hmm. sent out like a half bottle of wine to the CEO and then to that person's rec reports just saying like, hey, because they were a critical business, right? Hey, we know you're a critical business. It's a hard time because they had to like manage being internal and external and then have high risk population. And like the response they got was amazing. Like people were sending. I thought you were telling me you saying you sent a half drink bottle of wine. I was like, so did you share the rest with their team and say together you're one bottle? I didn't know where you're going with that. Oh, no. Each each (laughs) half bottle of wine, not half drink. Half, you know, like. Okay, I did. I was like, oh, so you were thirsty and only shared half saying if you work with me, you get the other half. I didn't know where you're going with that. (laughs) <laughs> that'd, be a little, that'd be a little creepy. A little creepy if I'm drinking out of your wine bottle and then sending you, numbers, you know. But, know. but like, here's here's the thing. It was different, and so people loved it, and they actually proactively sent pictures and thanked them. Like, oh, hey, nice. right now my day. This is different, you know. I heard a, a situation where a guy one time, I'm not even gonna say what company it was, but sent a. They found out that the CMO of Amazon's child really like Teslas. So they literally sent one of those little car Tesla mini ones for the kid to get an appointment. I'm like, wow, that's a strong play. That's like a, you know, a 3K meeting grab there, you know? So (laughs) so yeah, you can go crazy with it, but I I love the idea. Customization is really good about like something that somebody's passionate about um, or, you know, like their alma mater where they grew up. I, I think that's great stuff. So and that's an interesting way to partner with other companies as well. So, you know, sometimes as you're targeting accounts, maybe it's not just you, maybe you have a partnership with a, you know, a channel partner that's out there in ISV, how you guys come together and co-brand different things. You know, everybody loves swag, you know, so just think about appropriate swag for your audience as well. You know, a seed level might not want like stickers and a squishy ball, right? But you also don't have to spend a hundred dollars on swag. So where do you find that middle ground? Um, where someone's like, oh, I, I want that in my house. What, give, give me an example. What's a ninja piece of swag that you've seen? I don't want to take all your secrets, but like what's something cool in that? No, way? no. Like for, for a while, like the Yeti mugs were really, you know, cool because they weren't cheap. You know, they were something that was different, you know, reusable sp- straws. Anything for the environment is always really good as well. Everything that's environmentally friendly. Um, but you know, stay away from chapstick, stay away from antibacterial hand gel. Everybody wants to send now because of it. It ships terribly. So like stay away from that unless you want a bag of antibacterial hand gel when it arrives. Um, (laughs) And then also think about items that you have to size. So we usually stay away from, you know, t-shirts, coats, vests, and all that. Backpacks and hats will go a long way. Okay, gotcha. I like it. Yeah, there's some folks that use the uh, chapstick. That that took off like a lead balloon. There's just exactly. <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> then, that, then, that's like the free tchotchke swag you give away on like the free day at the conference, right? <laughs> so. Well, and then here's the top it off. Um, there's an air with the uh, the way it was set up. So people actually had to pay for the shipping when it came. So it was like just an abomination all around. But uh, in <laughs> It's kind of funny when you look at it. So awesome. So we're going to wrap up the main session now. So where can people find you? How can they connect with you? Get a little more EJ in their lives, not in a creepy way, but you know, where, where can they find you? Awesome. Find me on LinkedIn, you know, EJ Oling. You can find me on there. I'm happy to chat. I'm always up for brainstorming and thinking of cool ideas. So feel free to reach out. Excellent. 
Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources, so I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I wanna ask you is if you really truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.